Welcome back to Take Time with Maeve Ashison. Thank you all so much for your feedback on last week's episode with Marty. Um, you're just amazing. And for anyone who's a new listener, uh, I really hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. If you are, please do like, share, subscribe. Um, it is the best way to get an, indep- an independent podcast out there. Um, so I love when anyone screenshots the podcast and puts it up on their story. It just really helps me get it out there and it also makes my heart smile. Um, this week on the podcast, I have um, Kira McCullough, who is an amazing person. She is a photographer, a podcaster, a motivational speaker, a mental health advocate, and a mindset coach. She was actually my mindset coach. Um, so I'm really excited about the episode that I'm about to play for you. I do just want to mention that we do talk about mental health and um, well-being, but you know, there is, we do, you know, touch on the subject of suicide. And I just wanted to kind of say that before the podcast starts for anyone um, that that might be a sensitive topic for. So please just keep that in mind and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. So welcome Kira. Thank you so much for joining me today in the podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, very, very honored to be on the podcast. Well, I'm delighted to have you here. It's so weird now sitting across me like this again because we sat across from each other like this in many a session mid-lockdown. Um, here was my mindset coach. I know I mentioned she's a mindset coach, but she was my mindset coach during lockdown. So um, it's funny to, I feel like we've come full circle to sit here again today. Yeah, absolutely. But also like, I'd love to just, we, we need to sit down and actually meet face to face. It's just, I need to actually, we need to meet up because it's, I feel like we know each other, but not. <laughs> I know. And it's, yeah, other. it's so funny because, um, so Kira met my sister, um, through a course and, you know, everyone was like pairing people up, like suggesting people as clients. Cause you know, you obviously can't go to someone that, you know, my sister was mm-hmm you have to meet Kira. You're just going to love her. She's just your kind of person. You have to meet her. And I was so excited. And she was so right. So thank you. Kate. <laughs> you brought us together. Yeah. Thanks, Kate. Legend. Um, but yeah, so as I mentioned, you are a mental health advocate and you are a mindset coach, but you came from a totally different background, you know, in terms of your photography before that. So I suppose for anyone who doesn't know you and doesn't follow you on social media yet, which they're going to after this episode, um, can you tell people a little bit about what brought you to that journey to, to becoming the mindset coach? Yeah, 100%. So I have been, uh, over the last couple of years, been, I'm going to say obsessed uh, with mindset and self-empowerment and self-improvement. And um, it came from a place of, of, of maybe turning my pain into my purpose, if that makes sense. So um, I didn't always have the mindset I have now. Um, and I remember years ago, uh, a very good pal of mine, Colin Hayes, he was doing, um, doing a talk at a school um, in conjunction with the Cycle Against Suicide. And in his speech, he said, um, our minds are our most greatest possessions. And I was like, when I heard that, I was like, can I curse in this podcast? Yes, you can. I was like, what a load of fucking shit. Like, it's like, if he actually knew what I was feeling at that time, I was like, he couldn't be further from the truth. I was like, he has no idea what goes on in my head and how much of an enemy 
like that was that was inside my head like I, I hated myself and um I now realize actually that he was so flipping right like he was so so right um so I um at the age of 19 um I suppose even before that I had predominant thoughts of just being not good enough and feeling worthless for as long as I can remember like so from from way back into primary school to, to secondary school and absolutely in college, um, just constantly feeling overwhelmed by the feeling and consumed by the feeling of, of not being good enough and engulfed in this, just, I'm so, I feel so worthless. And I love this quote because it's, um, it says, we don't see the world as it is, we see the world as we are. And, and my world at that time was, you know, my inner world was a place of such darkness and, and pain and worthlessness that actually my whole entire outer world matched that same feeling. And I just got to a point at 19 where, you know, I had a relationship that broke down and um, I thought the world was going to end and, and, and everything was just like, well, actually, I am not good enough because, you know, I can't even hold it together for a relationship. And yeah, I had the first attempt to, my, to take my life and, and two weeks later I had the second. And I suppose that journey kind of, when I went to, to a therapist, and I'm sure we spoke about this, when I, when I went to see a therapist, I actually, I didn't think at that time that I was ready. But I think really what I did was I went in for other people. So I was, you know, I was going to, to a therapist to, 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 to be there for my mom, to, to make her feel happy and to make her feel okay. Um, I didn't think talking was going to work. I genuinely was like, this is a lot of bullshit. Like this is not going to work. And I think I met the wrong therapist because um, at the time when I went in, um, basically I just said, yeah, my, my relationships after breaking down. So they immediately saw a 19 year old who was maybe just crying out for help and potentially looking for attention, which yes, absolutely I was because I was engulfed in so much pain, but I didn't do it for attention. Um, I did it to, to escape my pain. And, you know, I look back now and if, if that, if a therapist at the time, at that particular moment said, yeah, okay, here's the breakdown in the relationship, but actually what else is going on? I would have, while I wasn't ready, I probably would have actually spoken about all the other things that were going on. Um, because I lost my dad to suicide when I was young. So there was a whole different story there that, you know, and a whole grief there that actually never, ever, ever was spoken about. And I think while I wasn't ready to talk about it, I think nobody was ready to ask me those questions. So it manifested again. I thought it was okay. And um, that relationship ended. And actually, yeah, I did feel better for a while. But um, those all consuming feelings came back. Um, and that darkness just became way too heavy. And at 22, I, I had the third and final attempt in my life. And thankfully, it didn't work. I'm still here. But I realized that time when I, I woke up and, you know, two things happened that day. I woke up in the hospital bed and I remember just ever so slightly looking down and I could see my mom just in absolute convulsions, like just, just in a ball of tears. And I remember thinking, that's my fault. You know, and that, sound, that might sound like a very harsh reality to think of, but actually I caused that pain. And if I had caused that pain to her, I was actually, if I had died, I would have caused pain to everybody else that cared about me. And I was really upset and really angry with myself. So it was the catalyst for change for me because I was like, I need to fucking change and I need to, I need to, 
Anita, I want to get better. But what happened also in that moment was that I wanted to get better for myself. And that to me was such a driving force in, in, in getting better and, and healing. And I actually made a commitment. I said, whatever it takes, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to get help and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be happy. And I'll never forget it. Like I went to a therapist, I got transferred to a therapist and uh, my mom's like, I'll come with you. It's like, great. Yeah, perfect. Knocked on the door, the therapist um, uh, center and, uh, Lo and behold, she opens up the door and she's like, oh, hey, Bernie. And I was like, oh, fuck's sake. She knows my mother. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. I've really been tested here with, um, with you know, I'm going to do it and I'm going to talk. And then, you know, my therapist knows my mother from way back when. And I'm like, oh, man. So she immediately addressed the situation. She sat me down and was like, you know what? I, I can't imagine what that must feel like. I've got your back. You're what matters to me. I, I you can trust me, and and that just created this this um this trust and this this baseline. And within six sessions, maybe I had completely a new grip over, you know, how my mind worked, uh, where my thoughts were coming from, the grief that I had never spoken about, um, and it wasn't about my relationship breakdown. Yeah, we kind of started talking about that at the start, but she was the first person to ask the questions that nobody had ever, ever, ever asked me before. And Jesus, it unearthed a lot of stuff, but it was the start of the healing process for me. Um, yeah. So that's kind of been my journey so far. No, and like, like you're just amazing. And I like really appreciate you sharing that story because I can't imagine what it's like to like, you know, I know that you've been open up your story and, and shared it, and I think it's really beneficial for people to hear, you know, a, a story and how people have actually been through you know mm. in life and come through it and um, so thank you for sharing that and for your honesty but I love what you said about you know you know maybe you know no one asked the right questions or no one was willing to kind of go there with you but it and it's something I always say like it, in life it's never the thing it's the meaning of the thing so like of course when things happen in life they affect us and they're bothering us at the time but like it's always the meaning of it to us and there's always something that's come before um, so I think that's so important and you know it's for something for people to kind of realize that straight away everything that's going on yeah, there, yeah. you know it, like it's funny that you say that when you say the word meaning because it's only in the last like six months probably during COVID that I've actually taken a good long hard look at me and when I was training to become a coach it was you had to do a lot of inner work so the last couple of months I've been I've been really like digging deep into into who I am and I've actually realized that the reason I was depressed and felt so low actually potentially could have been about the grief that I never, ever, ever got to grieve for. Like I had a whole, you know, that was my dad. Like, and I never felt that I could grieve for that person, but maybe I feel like the fact that I was depressed and, and, and anxious actually was probably just my grief manifesting in different ways. And then I kind of had another eureka moment going, Jesus, for as long as I can remember, I've always said, you know, my dad died and that was the start of my story. And yeah, while it was the start of my story, actually his story became an awful lot of my story. And I seem to be living out, um, you know, a lot of what he may have been feeling, but the meaning I, the, the meaning I had attached to that part of the story was I'm not good enough. Like I actually blamed myself for his death, even though I was a baby in nappies. So when I was older, old enough to actually have that thought, I was like, well, I was fucking not good enough if he couldn't, no, like stay around for me. And that's probably where that whole thought came from. So I kind of realized I need to take responsibility of my story. 
and that's how I did it. And and now I'm going to take it fucking by the balls and just just go for it. Now it's it's my story, and I'm going to live it like. I love that, and that's like that's what I mean. Like this, that's just so honest. But you know, I can I can honestly say that from you know sitting in in therapy rooms like that. This this is the thing. Like it's our our kind of current day feelings can be attached to something you know a thought a belief we have and I know you know that we you know, we always talk about you know the um the kind of belief systems that you have about yourself and the banner that you're holding over your life on a daily basis and that is what it is um but I I just love to hear someone who can honestly say at one point I thought this was all bullshit and that was never going to help me and that I was never going to be able to change my mindset because you know, I, I was definitely in that place before as well. And I was like, this is a lot of shit. And then when, you, when you're when you on the other side of it, you're like, I promise you it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's what's like, I suppose, the reason it took me down that path of becoming a, a mindset coach. And it was really just to show people, you know, this is my story and I, I get it. But also this is how we can change it. And it's people have all the answers within them themselves and it's just uncovering that and uncovering beliefs that might be holding them back like if you consider that whole entire I'm not good enough scenario that I had going around in my head that I defined myself by Jesus I never tried anything because I feared that I was failing and I feared I was going to be proved right to who I don't know but like it was fucking it took over my entire life and in such a negative way so yeah it's, it's fucking mad and on that, in terms of doing things that you thought you never could, I want to ask you about your um, running a thousand kilometers around Ireland, which is so amazing. And I'm like, I could sit here and say, I don't think I could ever do it. Um, tell me about how you, your journey to kind of getting to do that and the process of doing it and how it was for you. Yeah, so I suppose because I was on that journey of, of self-empowerment and learning about mindset and just being completely obsessed with the mind and and what we can do i i also wanted to realize that i kind of wanted to experiment with the, the visualization side of things and you know manifestation and all that kind of stuff because you know probably thought they were bullshit <laughs> and i was like i want to see for myself if if it is right or if this is you know worth its weight in gold like everybody says it is so it's kind of like my own personal little guinea pig for, for, for things that I wanted to try out. So I think it all started, I started running in um, October of 2018. Um, October is a really shitty month for me because it's my dad's anniversary, my granny died, and it's just, it's, I hate it. Um, and it's always that month of self-care for me. So I started running because I was feeling particularly low in 2018. And I just said, I'll just go around the block, like around the block here is 2K. I said, you know, I'll just start with that. And it just started to grow and grow from there. So I got up to about 10K and myself and a pal of mine, we went in and, and ran the Great Limerick Run and we did the 10K. And we sat outside the pub and we finished with our flipping medals thinking we were brave, which we were. We were so proud of ourselves. And I actually made a comment and I'll never forget, I made a comment and I said, I don't know if I could ever run a marathon or want to run a marathon because like, I just don't get it. You know, I'm just as happy after running 10K and about two or three weeks later, I went off for a run, but I was also thinking about, I had this urge to challenge myself and uh, I wanted to see where my mind could take me. I wanted to see where I could go. And as I was running, I get great clarity from when, when I run and I was running up a hill and I was like, oh, the Wild Atlantic Way. And then I was like, oh, 
okay, I'll get to the top of the hill and I'll, I'll look up and see what the distance is, if it's feasible. And by the time I had done my loop, I came home and said to my wife, Paula, I was like, so I'm going to do a thing and I may need a little bit of help, but I'm going to run the Wild Atlantic Way or at least bits of it and uh, I'm going to do it in January and February because who wants to do it in the summer? I think it'll be much more uh, enduring if I do it in the winter. And she was like, um, fine. <laughs> And it just went from there. So that was May of 2019 and I ran in um, January of 2020. So it took me like 45 days to complete. Um, Amazing. Yeah, intense, but it was, it was brilliant. And it, it taught me so much about myself. Um, and, you know, we, we set ourselves limits all the time about what we think we're able to achieve or, you know, we'll never go past that kind of box that we put ourselves in, in terms of limitations. But actually, when we unpack it and look, go, okay, why don't I want to do it? Often there's a core belief or a fear or a limiting belief associated to that. But actually, when we start to step outside that box, we go, fuck, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm able for a lot more than I thought I was. Or, and, and your comfort zone starts to expand. And actually, you're never going to be the same again because now I'm always chasing, well, what else can I do? So it's, it's, this, uh, it's this rabbit hole I seem to go down, but it's... it's Comfort zones and, and all that is, it's so individual for, other, for people. And it's, I've noticed that over, over lockdown, I didn't really get to test my comfort zone. I became very comfortable. Like we, we, get, we get good at what we practice. So I, I got very good at comfort eating and I got very good at like just, I suppose, minding myself and survival. But that meant staying inside and, you know, getting out for a few runs or a few walks. But I kind of lost a bit of myself. and. Um, the reason I did was because I wasn't really pushing myself anymore. And I realized the other day, I said to a pal of mine, I said, I'm actually, I feel alive when I'm pushing myself to see how far I can go. And that's me and that's me and how I kind of, I suppose, feel alive. And I want to chase that now. And I want to just see how far I can go with that. I love that. And I love, you know, just that you're talking about the comfort zones and, you know, to share a bit of my own experience. Like I, you definitely helped me with that, you know, during lockdown. And it was like, you know, part of me was going to say to a friend one, like one day recently, I was like, I'm going to look back and be like, you know, our kids, if we have kids, someday we'll be like, what did you do during the whole lockdown? <laughs> they'll be like, I didn't do much. And they were like, well, you started a podcast. I was like, you know what? I did. And it was like, yeah. it may not seem like a big thing to some people, but it was huge for me. And um, it's not the only thing that you helped me with, but, you know, I will keep some of my personal life private. On <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but it was a huge thing for me in terms of it. It was always a huge goal for me. It was always something I really wanted to do. Um, and I definitely had two things like the self-limiting belief that, you know, I couldn't do it. But it wasn't even that I couldn't do it. It was definitely that I wasn't good enough. And it was like, who do I think that I am, you know, to think mm. that I can do it mm. or that anyone would want to listen to me. And like also so just like conscious of what people would think that like anyone I've ever met in life who maybe didn't particularly like me would be like, this one has a podcast now and like like within like I think before we even finished up I had started or at least like was very much on my way like getting my logo designed and all of that and so you totally helped me to kind of like step outside my comfort zone and like you know very easily you know work work on like breaking down the reasons why I couldn't do it and then I was like god you're really giving me nothing else to hide behind what is this (laughs) Yeah, but like we do it all the time to ourselves because 
our, just our minds, I don't know sometimes, I'm fascinated by this because our minds will often bring us to a place where it's like, don't do that thing that you really want to do, even though you really fucking want to do it. So why am I stopping myself from doing it? Like it's madness, but I, I get it because running is, is that for me. I actually hate running. Like I, I really don't like it. And like, I see you laughing and I laugh at it myself. I really don't like it. But what I love about running is how I feel afterwards. Um, and I've recently got into um, cold water immersion, like the ice baths and all that kind of stuff. And nobody wants to get into an ice bath. Nobody wants to do it. But actually, what I get from it when it's finished is is so much more beneficial than actually kind of hating it or whatnot. And the thing about running is when you use it as a metaphor, so, you know, look at running and it's kind of like, okay, and similar to, you know, starting a podcast and whatnot. Um, nobody sets out to run a marathon. So your plan and your goal is to run a marathon, but you can't start by running a marathon. You have to start by running a kilometer. And I think that's such a metaphor for life. You have to start small and just take that step to run that kilometer and build on that slowly, incrementally and see where it takes you. And it's often when we think about doing something big, like, you know, start a podcast, running a marathon, whatever it is, we often think, shit that's too much I, I could fail at that now I'm not going to do it because I don't want to prove myself right because no because no I'm not doing it and you hold yourself back and by doing that you just make yourself really disappointed in yourself so it actually makes you feel a lot worse if you don't do it but if you take that small step in just ever so slightly getting towards that goal that you want you realize if you keep doing that over time you end up running a thousand kilometers of the Wild Atlantic Way or you end up starting a podcast and you end up going, fuck, Jesus. That just happened out of nowhere. And it's, it's an incredible feeling, but it's the pursuit of that 1%. And I think that's fundamentally, fundamentally how I approach life now. It's just, what's one thing that I can do to bring me forward? Yeah. And you definitely have to like, when you, I think when you start to adapt that mindset, like you have to remind yourself, like, I had kind of gotten past every barrier as to why not to start the podcast and you know, put it all in motion and got there. And then the day I was about to put the episode live, I was like, can't, like the brain just went straight back to it. You can't do this. Why are you doing this? Giving me a million reasons not to post it. Mm-hmm. Like so close to talking myself back out of it. And I was like, you've gotten so far with this. And then like, obviously when you get over that hump, like I'm delighted that I did it. But like, I, like I always say, that, like you have to remind yourself of that feeling. It's that feeling when I was glad that I did it. I had that with something else recently. I was like, why did I say I would do this? Why am I doing this? And I was like, remember how you felt when you actually did it? <laughs> yeah. And I always say that, like, it, it's such that those feelings are, are really important. Like, and going back to like visualization, it's like, okay, how do I want to feel in two months time or a week's time or whatever it is in association to just overall health and well-being? It's okay. How do I actually want to feel? I want to feel, I know I want to feel energized. I'm proud of myself. Okay, well, how do I take actions, small actions every day to, to bring me to that feeling? And it's, you're not chasing a goal. You're just chasing just contentment and fulfillment. And I think that's really, really important. So it's remembering the feeling because motivation, I think, doesn't exist. You know, nobody wants to get into the, go out in the winter and run or nobody wants to have, like, you'll never have motivation to do stuff sometimes, but it's, okay, I'm not motivated, but I know that that's going to make me feel better. Yeah. Something you talk about that I think is really interesting is about how, you know, you used to think that like people who had, you know, people who would say had really good self-esteem were like narcissists and like, you know, and now you realize like, well, it's really important. Like we all need to like 
doesn't seem like it's got at the core to life. Um, I think, I think a lot of people think that way. I think it's a big Irish thing. It's like, oh, you know, and like, I just want to talk to you about like, how do you think, how do we change? So like, while you can individually kind of change your mindset and go, and now look at someone who, you know, has a lot of confidence in themselves, themselves and kind of think like fair play to them, but that's what we all want. Like, how do we change that as an overall mindset as like, you know, a country, as a human race, as a people? Yeah, well, do you know what? I think, and I, I do, I find myself doing it an awful lot lately. It's, if we look at someone and we kind of go, ah, oh, fucking narcissist or, you know, whatever it is, whatever label you decide to put on them, chances are actually the reason you are kind of frustrated with them or the reason you have some kind of opinion about them in a negative way it's actually because it's showing you something about yourself that you're not showing up for for yourself so i often go oh what's what i like oh she annoys me or this person annoys me or what is it and i, I ask myself the question i go why do they annoy me and chances are 99 percent of the time it's because they're doing something they're pushing themselves towards something or they got something that I wanted. But then I realize I fucking never push myself to do it. So it just makes me, I'm frustrated at them, but actually it's, it's coming back to me. So I often go, how do I look at that person who annoys me and go, what is it? And why do I, why do I get annoyed by them? And, and, and chances are it's because we're not showing up for ourselves. And I think, Becoming our own best friend, like as much as, as that sounds so cheesy and I don't know, it actually annoys me sometimes. I'd love to find another phrase for it, but becoming our own best friend is fundamental to, to, to life and it's, it should be at the core of our being to just show up for ourselves. And I often think the conversation that happens in my head is if I get into a rut, I'm like, okay, well, what advice would I give my friend? So like if I'm in a certain predicament where I'm like, do I send this like the other day, right? For instance, um, Pete Walsh, um, he started a podcast and I've been listening to a few of his podcasts and I was like, do you know what? I actually, my story could be really cool on that podcast. And Kira, three months ago or three weeks ago would be like, you know, fucking don't write to him now. Someone like, he'll find you if he wants you, right? It, I just realized I was actually been, you know, the backseat driver of my own life. And I realized that I wasn't, and if someone was on his podcast, I'm like, oh, look at that, look at you on there now, huh? that narcissist. But actually, it's, she's narcissist to me because she put herself forward for a podcast. Um, but I put myself forward, and I, we had a great interview, we had a great podcast, but I would have never done that before. And I'm so proud of myself for doing that. And, and that's not very easy for me to say, but I'm coming around to that of, you've got to back yourself up. You've got to support yourself. You've got to be on your team and just really start putting yourself and showing up in the arena. Like, and you know, we've had this conversation. It's yeah. Others might you know talk about you or whatever, but chances are like no one's going to comment on you if they're doing more than you. So it's the people who aren't actually doing what they want to do. They look at you and go, Oh, look at her. She's off and she's doing this it's just jealousy and it's, it's jealousy because they're not pushing themselves far forward for themselves. If that makes sense. No, it makes total sense. And I think it's so true. And I think, and I want to say, I'm proud of you too. I'm like, oh, well done. <laughs> um, no, cause I know like, I'm the, like, you know, I, I'm in the exact same where I, like, I won't 
put myself forward for something I really want to do. And it's just so funny hearing you like give that example because I had something re- talking about something from years ago recently about a job and it was exactly that. It was like, oh, they know where I am and they'll come to me. Yeah. And then, you know, I basically, and then afterwards I found out that they had been like, no, we needed you to come to us. We, 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 we thought you'd approach us about it. And it was a total missed opportunity because I just thought if they're not reaching out to me about it, it means I'm not good enough. And it's that automatic, they don't think I'm good enough. So like, I think we are, we can be afraid of the no. And that's the other thing. Like it doesn't always work out. You might put yourself forward and you might not get it. But like, we have- if you never ask the question, the answer is always no. <laughs> exactly. But it's like, yeah. it's like, almost so like don't want to ask unless you're 100% sure it's going to be yes because you're afraid yeah. of it no. well, we just have to get comfortable with that like that's life like the worst that happens is there's a no and like maybe they will think you're a big fear boots asking but uh like yeah nothing venture nothing games yeah that's it totally and I, like it's so true but it's just like we're so we're so bad at putting ourselves forward and there's fears there there's limiting beliefs there but it's you actually feel a, a shift in your whole being when you just decide to go, do you know what? I'm just going to fucking put myself forward. And it's like the inner child of you goes, yay, finally. <laughs> it's like, finally fucking listening to me. Um, but it, it, it's just, it's, it's so rewarding and you can feel it in your, in your nervous system, I think. And you can feel it in your body. And I think it, it's extremely powerful. Something else I want to talk to you about is your photography. So, like, I think it's amazing now with the work you're doing now, like you've always been, I suppose, working with people and like being with people on like very, you know, during very important times. So like, you know, as a mindset coach, you're with people through whatever journey that is, you know, whatever the reason is. And then as a photographer, you know, there were people on wedding days and everything in between. So I think it's like, it's just really interesting to see like the evolution of like your different areas of your career. But during the lockdown, you did a beautiful thing where you did a photo shoot. And uh, was it like people, your neighbors or people in your town and you did a photo shoot of people like in their windows? Yeah. Um, just portraits at the door. Like I kind of was sitting at home going, oh man, like I, I'm not going to probably shoot weddings for the rest of the year. That was probably my predominant thought. <laughs> I was like, I need to stay, stay active and stay, keep the head right. And I've always believed, like in my core belief, it, it's give back. How do I give back? And that's that's something for me. So I just thought everyone was pretty miserable during lockdown and nobody had anything to look forward to. And I just put it out there. I said, I'm going to do this portraits at the door thing. And um, you just dress, you have whatever you're fucking want to dress up, whether you want to dress up, you want to put on your suits, you want to wear your pajamas, whatever lockdown is for you. Um, I'll meet you at your door. So I started off here on Main Street Killaloo and, once I put up those photographs, <laughs> it kind of spiraled. Um, so I thought probably did it over the space of like three or four weeks and got over like 200 odd families. But it was the most, we're living here three years. We only got to know our neighbours during lockdown because of the portraits at the door. And and it's just, it was such a, a heartwarming thing to do. And um, it was lovely to use photography. Like it's amazing to ph- photograph a wedding, but to do something special, in such a really shit time um and we look back like you know I, I mentioned there i lost a friend like i look back on those photographs and even in the most crappiest of moments um everybody was so happy and I, that's what i love about that slideshow of photographs everybody was just so happy to be together and you know i look back on that reel and i'm just like fuck that was it was just well that was such a shit time and still it's a shit time we still have so much to be grateful for. And I think it's, 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 uh, yeah, 
photos. I love that so much. And I just love those photos. And I just think it actually, like, it's just so you because it comes back to exactly what you say. It's about your mindset. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. such a horrific time, but you could still find pure moments of joy and, you know, yeah. like a lovely thing of meeting your neighbors and now, like, you'll know them forever. Like, just lovely and so you so i'm, I'm actually you've done that but here is anything you want to plug or tell people about um, um tag all your bits when i post the podcast anyway yeah look people can find me on uh, instagram at the mindset coach um it's also the mindset coach that I so i'm very easy to find um i just i suppose don't want to plug anything but just to give back like happiness and all that is an inside job so um when we discover the power within us actually our outer world has just become so much easier and so much happier. Um, and it's just to show up for ourselves. So do one thing today, if you're listening to this, that actually just puts you first and takes you a little bit out of your comfort zone. I love that. Thank you so much, Kira, And thank you all for listening. Thank you. Thank you.